Hello and welcome to the Decorum Talking newspaper for the week ending Saturday 24th of February. This is Rod and our readers are Norma, Brian and Angela. The editor this week is Kevin, our technician this week is Martin. This week is Team 2. Most of our news items are taken from the Hemel Hempstead, Burkhampstead and Tring, Gazette and Express newspaper. All telephone numbers are on the local code of 01442 unless stated otherwise. This week's headline is Fudge-tastic. Hearts County Council set £1.1 billion budget. These and other stories follow. Hello, I'm Norma. How cancer diagnosis galvanised the fudge fairy. It's not often that cancer patients say the diagnosis changed their lives for the better. Amy Marzek truly believes that if she hadn't had breast cancer, she wouldn't be in the happy place she is today, building a little empire with the fudge she started making at home during the lockdown to take her mind off what was happening to her body. She was diagnosed with a disease in 2019 and describes her oncologist, David Miles, as the most incredible man I have ever met, excluding my husband. And she smiles, only I could start chemo on Halloween with a drug called Red Devil because it was so strong. Amy had a very hard time, at one stage having daily radiotherapy as well as oral chemotherapy. She lost her hair, had emergency surgery and suffered a heart attack. But in spite of all this, she says, life after cancer can be positive and it can bring so many things you didn't dream were possible. She'd never made fudge until January 2020 when she was having a three week break from chemotherapy. I wanted something sweet to eat, but I couldn't get to the shops, she explains. So I decided to try to make myself from something from what I had in the cupboard and my lemon meringue fudge was born. I made a huge batch and sent it to work with my husband Carl the next day. Care coordinator Amy continued making her fudge, trying new flavours and sending it to Neova Logistics where Carl was employed so I couldn't eat it but he was furloughed during lockdown and she lost her job because she'd had so much time off for treatment. The couple sat down and decided they would have nothing to lose if they started a small business. Amy says, we launched Fudge Fairy more as a hobby, something to keep me occupied on the days I felt able to do something. Hello, this is Brian. Continuing Fudge-tastic. Tastes are changed to suit the season. Popular favourites are Christmas pudding, advent calendar, eggnog, hot cross bun, fudge-filled Easter eggs, and special boxes for Mother's Day and Father's Day. Amy particularly likes Marmite, which was recommended by a customer. I thought I'd give it a try, and it's definitely one I'd reach for, she says. Her Bovington home now boasts five fridges to store her wares and she's very proud of their five-star hygiene rating. She's even been approached by Costco, which she admits 
was a huge confidence boost and hoped one day to be in a position to supply the wholesale warehouse chain. In November, her husband was made redundant, but again the couple saw this as a positive. Amy says, both of us are taking the reins to grow the business together. We've got lots of ideas for new products, including merchandise for our die-hard fans. They're currently working on building a website so customers can buy direct. The Fudge Ferry is based at St Albans Market every Saturday when you'll be able to try a free sample. Hello, this is Angina. Hertfordshire County Council has set a 1.1 billion budget to deliver services for the next year. That is an increase in spending of 98 million pounds compared to this year, 2023-24, to deliver a range of services that include education, social care, waste disposal, highways, public health, and even the fire service. But it also includes 46 million pounds of savings, a maximum increase in council tax, and the use 11 million pounds of council reserves. It comes as demand for council services and the costs of delivering those services are increasing, with the council already predicting a 15.7 million overspend this year, 2023-24. Presenting the budget to a meeting of the full country county council on Tuesday, February 13th, executive member for resources and performance, councillor Bob Deering, said it was an excellent budget arrived at in extremely difficult circumstances. He acknowledged that arriving at the budget with an increase of almost £100 million had been immensely challenging. And he said, prudence in the past and continuing sound management of our finances meant Hertfordshire was much better placed than many councils up and down the country to deal with the pressures and maintain services for our residents. He catalogued the £478 million that would be spent on adult care, the £257 million on children's services, the £140 million on growth and environment, and the £80 million on keeping Hertfordshire moving. He also pointed to the £59 million to make Hertfordshire cleaner and greener, the £54 million on public health, £46 million on protecting our communities and £21 million on community services, stressing that unlike other authorities, no libraries would close in Hertfordshire. He acknowledged that the £46 million savings within the budget plan was the highest savings target for a number of years. And he said this would include work to reduce prevent preventable hospital admissions and the need for long-term care as well as changes to the organisational structure of the council. He also acknowledged the planned use of the £11 million of council reserves, saying that this was a substantial sum, and he stressed, we do not draw on reserves lightly, 
but it is prudent in order to protect services. Nevertheless, he said, the savings and the use of reserves would still not be enough to fund the ever-increasing cost of council services. And, as part of the budget, he proposed an increase in the county council element of council tax of 4.99%, equivalent to an increase of £1.54 a week for those in a band D property. It is never an easy decision to raise council tax, but doing so will enable us to maintain frontline services, he said. 2% will be ring-fenced for adult care and will be used to increase the pay of care staff. We believe this is essential given their critical importance in caring for vulnerable adults and ensuring the wider care and health systems can operate effectively. Overall, this will amount to an increase of £1.54 per week for a Band D property, which I hope will be seen as appropriate given the savings we will be making and the range and importance of the services that we provide. And he said, this Conservative administration wants Hertfordshire to be cleaner, greener and healthier. We want our county to continue to be a place where people thrive, our children go to good schools, our places prosper and our planet is protected. This is an excellent budget arrived at in extremely difficult circumstances of which we can all be proud. During the budget debate, amendments were proposed by Liberal Democrat and Labour councillors, but none were backed by the council's Conservative majority. Continuing the council budget story, the Liberal Democrats proposed that an extra one million pounds be invested in the SEND team and the proposed council tax assistance for care leavers be extended to when they are 25. They also suggested spending for an additional special school within the next four years and to bring the care of more looked after children in-house. Their amendment also proposed additional spending on solar panels for schools, tree planting and increased budgets for drainage and highways maintenance, as well as road safety measures outside schools. They proposed reversing planned £1 million cuts to the youth service and the cancellation of plans to reduce locality budget, which are allocated by councillors to groups. Presenting the Liberal Democrat Amendment, which also proposed how the changes would be funded, Councillor Tim Williams stressed that it had been ratified as a valid and balanced budget. He also acknowledged that this year's budget had been one of the most difficult to balance for all local authorities, suggesting that Council had been starved of grants and cash from government as demand for council services increased. He said the Liberal Democrats amendments set out a clear direction and a clear difference from the Conservatives budget. 
and he said, we'll create a greener, cleaner, healthier and better Hertfordshire with extra money for schools and young people to create a sustainable Hertfordshire to improve roads and travel and to support local communities. A further budget amendment presented by the Labour group would have restored full night lighting to areas where requested by members and residents and it would have injected a further £1 million into SEN funding on top of the additional £7 million planned by the Conservative administration. It would have increased eligibility for councillors' tax discount to care leavers to the age of 25 and it would have spent £100,000 on a feasibility study looking into the delivery of adult care services in-house or through a charitable trust. It also earmarked £250,000 for domestic violence and £150,000 on adult initiative to, to tackle knife and gang crime and county lines. Presenting the amendment, Labour councillor Ian Albert pointed to the challenge faced by councillors nationwide in setting their budgets this year. He said, I think we would all agree government has failed to give local authorities proper longer-term financial settlement to allow us to plan prudently and efficiently for the future. The substitute is to throw out bits of extra cash at the last moment, presumably found under the Treasury sofa. This is no way to run local government. And this was echoed later in the debate by leader of the Labour group, Councillor Nigel Bell, who put the focus on central government sticking plaster funding. He particularly highlighted the ignoring of local government finance in the Chancellor's autumn statement and the doubt over the future of the household support grant which the Council uses to fund holiday supermarket vouchers for children on benefits related to free school meals. In addition, the £1.1 billion in addition to the £1.1 billion uh, revenue spending plans the budget also included capital spending programmes of £315 million, extending the £1.2 billion over the four-year period of the Council's integrated plan, IP. Hertfordshire County Council is to offer employees paid carers' leave. New le legislation due to come into force in April will give all unpaid carers the right to take up to five days of unpaid leave a year. But at a meeting of the Employment Committee on Friday, February the 9th, councillors decided that carers on the payroll of the County Council should be paid should they need to take the leave. Data reported to the committee suggested that 8.3% of the Council's workforce, that is around 700 employees, are carers and it was reported that if all of those carers were to take a full week of carers leave in a year the cost in days lost would be around 400,000 pounds. 
That would not mean a £400,000 increase in spending because the absences would not be immediately covered in the same way that additional staff are not drafted in as holiday cover. And it was stressed that having the option to take the leave would not mean that all eligible staff would take it up, with councillors advised to take the figure with some caution. The decision to offer paid leave was given unanimous backing by the Five Strong Committee, which includes Conservative, Liberal Democrat and Labour councillors. Conservative Deputy Council Leader and Executive Member for Children, Young People and Families, Councillor Fiona Thompson, said it was a positive step that could actually prevent costs. As a former carer for a family member, I absolutely can understand it can be such a challenge. And if you're trying to juggle work and a caring responsibility, children, other commitments, there is a danger that actually you end up going off sick. There has been reference made to the potential cost if everybody was inclined to take their five days per annum if needed. But actually, I would argue that the cost of somebody going off long-term sick, perhaps, because of the stress of caring for a family member, may well outweigh that. So I think this is a very positive step and shows that we value carers. Labour Group leader, Councillor Nigel Bell, said he thoroughly supported the decision to offer paid carers leave. I think it's important that we are seen in our county to do the right thing for our staff, he said. And unlike some other councils, I think we are being seen here to do the right thing and set the example. It was also backed by the leader of the Liberal Democrat group, Councillor Steve Jarvis. This is clearly the right thing to do, he said. It's the right thing to do for the individual employees. It's also the right thing to do for the council. He pointed to the importance of making sure people understand the importance of carers and the way we value them. He also suggested it may be helpful in terms of recruitment and retention. Hertfordshire County Council has approved tax rises suggested by the Police and Crime Commissioner. Police and Crime Commissioner for Hertfordshire, David Lloyd, recommended a council tax rise of £13 a year for the average Band D household. Commissioner Lloyd's office has argued a 5.5% precept increase is needed to maintain current services amidst cost of living pressures. Calculations released by the Commissioner show the extra money alongside an additional savings programme and a government grant will raise £6.1 million for the force. A spokesperson for the Commissioner says the Council tax rise will prevent the loss of any frontline officers and ensure Hertfordshire remains the safest place compared to neighbouring and most similar counties while having one of the lowest precepts. Based on a plan formed after discussions with the Chief Constable, Commissioner Lloyd claims to have cut costs at Hertfordshire Constabulary by £7.5 million. These measures include maintaining police community support officers at their current levels, improving overtime efficiency and additional savings from the collaborated units with the Cambridgeshire and Bedfordshire constabularies.
Commissioner Lloyd said, My proposal to increase the police precept by an average of £13 a year was supported by almost two-thirds of the thousands of members of the public who responded to the consultation. It is not a decision I have taken lightly, but the standstill pressures of officers' pay increases alongside inflationary costs have led to a significant rise in the cost of running Hertfordshire's constabulary. Hundreds of operations were cancelled at the last minute by West Hertfordshire Teaching Hospitals Trust last year. Figures from NHS England show that 405 operations were cancelled by West Hertfordshire Teaching Hospitals NHS Trust in 2023. This was more than 336 operations cancelled the year before, but down from 582 in 2019 before the pandemic. These cancellations on the day of the appointment or after the patient had arrived at hospital rather than operations rearranged in advance. NHS guidance says this can happen for a variety of reasons, including surgeons becoming unavailable, emergency cases needing to be dealt with, or administrative errors. The NHS has a target of rebooking operations within 28 days of a cancellation, but 35% of cancellations did not hit target at West Hertfordshire Teaching Hospitals Trust. By contrast, in 2019, 11.5% were not rebooked in that time frame. Across England, the number of cancelled operations for non-clinical reasons has dropped by more than 11,000 compared to before the pandemic when there were 75,120 cases in 2023 and down from 86,364 cases in 2019. Despite this, far fewer patients are being rebooked within the 28-day target. In 2019, some 7,600, around 9%, did not receive a new appointment in the same month, compared to almost 18,000, around 24%, last year. The BMA said that with better planning and greater capacity, these cancellations could be avoided. Professor Philip Banfield, BMA Council Chair, said the figures were, were signs of a creaking NHS which cannot cope with current workloads. However, the Patients Association called the drop in the number of cancelled operations good news. Rachel Power, a chief executive of the organisation, said, having planned surgery cancelled can be very upsetting, especially for patients who have been waiting for many months for the surgery. Where trusts are unable to reschedule surgery within the 28 days, they should be providing support and clear information to patients about what their next steps are. An NHS spokesperson said, since December 2022, the NHS has had to reschedule more than 1.3 million acute inpatient and outpatient appointments 
due to industrial action. And while staff have worked incredibly hard to reschedule these as quickly as possible, the ongoing strikes have meant the capacity to do this has been constrained. It is possible some last-minute cancellations may have been caused by strikes, if the operation was not rescheduled in time, but most operations moved due to industrial action will not appear in the above statistics. The spokesperson continued, despite this, latest figures show hard-working NHS staff delivered more elective activity in 2023 than in any other year since the start of the pandemic, with more than 17.3 million treated, meaning the elective waiting list has fallen for the third consecutive month in December. Man's jaw fractured during brawl. A man required surgery after his jaw was fractured in two places during a brawl started at a pub in Hemel Hempstead. Hertfordshire Constabulary is investigating a fight between a small group of males at Marchmont Arms in Pickett's End. On Friday, February the 9th, at around 10.50pm, the police received reports about the group fight and have since confirmed a man aged in his 30s sustained two fractures to his jaw requiring surgery. Hertfordshire Constabulary, which launched an appeal asking for the public's help regarding the case, has confirmed the group fled the scene before officers arrived. Detective Constable Gemma Ball, who is investigating, said, as part of our investigations, we'd also like to hear from anyone who has information about what happened. Were you in the pub at the time? Did you see the incident or the event leading up to it? Did you see a group of males leaving the area around the time? Any information at all could assess us as we progress our inquiries. Hertfordshire Constabulary advises that people with information should contact DC Ball by email. Information can be reported to the police online. Members of their force communication room can be contacted via their web chat and information can also be reported by calling the non-emergency number 101, quoting crime reference 41 forward slash 11559 forward slash 24. Also, information can be reported 100% anonymously for the, to the independent charity Crime Stoppers 0800 555 or via its untraceable form. Three vehicles stolen. Three vehicles were stolen from the same village in Decorum over one night. Three keyless vehicles have been reported as stolen from the Leverstock Green area and attempts were also made to steal a fourth, Hertfordshire Constabulary has announced. Apparently the thefts began on the night of Monday, February the 12th and continued into the early hours of the following morning. Police and decorum are urging drivers to review the security of their vehicles in the light of this spate of thefts. Detective Sergeant Yolanda Morales-Willis from the Decorum Local Crime Unit said 
We're carrying out inquiries to establish the circumstances around the thefts and to try and identify those involved. If you have any information which may assist us, or have captured anything of note on doorbell cameras, dash cams or CCTV systems, please get in touch. A motorcyclist was taken to hospital with serious injuries after a road accident in Hemel Hempstead. Police are appealing for information after a white Land Rover was involved in a crash with a black Honda motorcycle on Breakspear Way shortly before 5pm on Friday, the fe February the 9th. The incident happened close to the roundabout with Maylands Avenue. The motorcyclist had been taken to hospital with serious injuries. The driver of the Land Rover was arrested and taken into police custody. Road Policing Unit Sergeant Tim Davies said, We know that there would have been a lot, many motorists travelling in this area at the time of the incident and are appealing for anyone who saw what happened to make contact. We'd also like to speak to anyone who saw either vehicle shortly before the collision. Those with information can contact me by emailing timothy.davies, that's D-A-V-I-E-S, at hearts.police.uk. Cost-cutting plans. 30 police officers could be moved back into force control room and dozens of unfilled posts axed in a bid to cut Hertfordshire constabulary costs by over £7 million next year. The planned savings include the loss of 20 unfilled police officer posts and 75 unfilled PCSO posts. But police chiefs have stressed officer numbers will remain at an all-time high and that the constabulary will deliver a first-rate service. The proposed savings are detailed in the Police and Crime Commissioner's Budget Plans that were endorsed by the Hertfordshire Police and Crime Panel on Thursday, February the 8th. According to the plans, the reduction in police officer posts could save £1.27 million next year, 2024-25, while the reduction in PCSO posts could save some £600,000. However, none of the PCSO or police officer posts under threat have yet been filled. Posting 30 existing police officers into the force control room could, says the report, save the constabulary a further £1.3 million. That is because, currently, staff members and police officers are being called in to cover unfilled shifts in the control room as overtime. And, says the report, savings could be made by filling control room vacancies with existing police officers. Also, highlighted in the report, are plans to make a further £207,000 savings by continuing to improve the management of overtime. And a £700,000 saving is said to reflect the substantial number of police staff vacancies, much of which it says has been deliberately engineered to offset 
some of the overspend on police officer pay. Meanwhile, a further £1.277 million of savings have been earmarked by freezing non-pay budgets at 2023-24 levels, which the report acknowledges is a real-terms cut and deliverable, albeit with some manageable local impact. In the report, Chief Constable Charlie Hall says, the constabulary has worked hard to maximise the budget available for frontline operational policing services by ensuring spending on other services is efficient and only what is necessary. Despite the financial pressures, I remain confident that Hertfordshire Constabulary will still deliver a first-rate service, which I know the Police and Crime Commissioner on behalf of the public rightly demands. Police officer numbers are at an all-time high and will remain at those levels throughout next year as the force consolidates on this growth by developing and building experience among, amongst those young in-service officers who are the key to the future. As part of the proposed budget, Police and Crime Commissioner David Lloyd has drawn up plans to increase the policing element of the council tax by the maximum allowed. That means that Hertfordshire residents living in a bandy property would see an increase of £13 from 238 this year, 23-24, to £251 in 23-25. Hundreds back petition to halt 20 mile per hour zones. More than 1,000 people have signed a petition to stop the rollout of 20 mile per hour zones across Hertfordshire. According to Hertfordshire County Council, the creation of 20 mile per hour areas can improve safety, create calmer streets and encourage more walking and cycling. And £2.3 million has been earmarked for the continued rollout to next year's budget proposals as part of plans to spend £7 million over three years. Hertfordshire resident John Dowdle has launched a petition against the rollout and in less than two weeks it has been backed by 1,451 signatures. The petition, running on the County Council's website, highlights the Council's extremely serious financial position and calls for the wasteful spending to be stopped immediately. The administration are squandering £2.3 million for the rollout of more 20 mile an hour zones in Hertfordshire, according to budget proposals <coughs> for 2024-25, and says the petition already this year, 2023-24, the council has spent three million pounds on 20 mile per hour zones with plans to waste a further 1.7 million next year 2025-26 too. All in all the administration at County Hall are prepared to waste seven million in total on mad schemes that few if any Hertfordshire residents actually want. This wasteful spending must be stopped immediately. 
A county council spokesman responded, We know from a transport survey conducted for us last year by YouGov that almost two-thirds of our residents support the introduction of 20 mile per hour speed limits in residential areas and in town centres and our draft integrated plan sets aside money to create more 20 mile per hour areas. However, we think it's important that we consult residents before reducing speed limits in an area and clearly not all roads are suited to 20 mile per hour speed limits. We will therefore only look to introduce a 20 mile per hour zone where there is clear local support and where we are confident that changing the speed limit will make a real difference to traffic speeds. We're targeting lower speed roads around places where people live, work, learn and shop. Places where we want people to feel safe and comfortable in the street environment and encouraged and are encouraged to walk and cycle their journeys. When they are implemented in the right way, 20 mile per hour zones can have significant benefits for residents and road users, including improving safety and air quality and reducing traffic noise. A landlord has been ordered to pay more than £45,000 for renting out two houses in multiple occupation or HMOs, without a license and failing to comply with HMO management regulations. Mohammed Amar Hussein of Bennetsend Road, Hemel Hempstead, pleaded guilty to offences relating to two separate properties. The offences were failure to apply for an HMO licence, plus three offences of failing to comply with management duties, including a lack of working fire alarms. He appeared at St Albans Magistrates Court on February the 15th and was ordered to pay fines of £13,450, a victim surcharge of £2,000 and £29,856 as prosecution costs, a total of £45,306. The properties in Hemel Hempstead were first discovered after the council issued a warrant on three addresses in September 2022. The investigation found the properties were operating illegally as HMOs and that there were multiple hazards to residents. The council returned in January 2023 owing to the landlord's failure to act on the request to submit license applications. It was discovered that two were still operating as unlicensed HMOs and the landlord had failed to put right all of the hazards present. Councillor Simi Diani, Gorenborough Council's portfolio holder for housing and property services, said the council's private sector housing team play a vital role in making sure decorum residents have somewhere safe and warm and secure to live. We recognise that most landlords are responsible and law-abiding caring deeply about providing the highest standards in their home. However, there is a small minority of landlords who choose not to comply with the law and their tenants suffer as a result. I'm very proud of the team for achieving this excellent result on behalf of our residents, 
demonstrating our housing strategy commitment to championing the provision of safe, warm and dry homes across the borough and putting our residents at the heart of everything we do. Since October the 1st, 2018, any property that has five or more unrelated tenants requires a mandatory HMO license. Operating a property without a license could result in an unlimited fine or a civil penalty up to 30,000 per offence. Decorum Borough Council has launched a new anti-litter scheme to stop people dumping cigarette butts. The authority is introducing new bucket bins in Hemel Hempstead High Street and Burke Hempstead High Street to encourage smokers to bin their butts responsibly. Keep Britain Tidy has funded the initiative that will see the bins put in place this month in areas where people often smoke. Keep Britain Tidy research has found that smokers who discard cigarette litter often justify their actions by saying there aren't enough bins to dispose of the cigarettes correctly. Decorum Borough Council has identified outside pubs and nightclubs as some of the areas where dumping butts is most common. In total, the charity is funding 20 colourful galvanised steel buckets filled with sand. Figures from the council state that 66% of all litter is discarded butts. Decorum Borough Council says clearing up the butts is a costly process. Councillor Robin Broman said, it is great for Decorum to be involved in this project with Keep Britain Tidy. We hope this will help to keep our borough clean and protect local wildlife from the risks associated with the littered cigarette butts. This project is just one of the great environmental education initiatives that we are currently running. Keep Britain Tidy's Chief Executive, Alison Ogden-Newton, said, We are delighted that Decorum Borough Council has demonstrated a real commitment to tackling cigarette litter, which is the most prolific type of litter in England, by working with us on this project. Our researchers believe that the bucket bins will be a simple but very effective disposal solution to reduce cigarette littering. They're convenient and affordable. By putting a large number in a small area, we hope to show that offering an easy and convenient solution for smokers that allows them to do the right thing with their butts, we can create a cleaner environment for everyone. Cigarette butts are made of plastic and do not biodegrade. So when you drop one on the ground, it's no different to littering a water bottle, a crisp packet, or any other item you wouldn't dream of dropping. Keep Britain Tidy says. Homicide rate amongst lowest in England. Hertfordshire's homicide rate is among the lowest across England and Wales, new figures show. Nationally, police logged the lowest number of homicide victims since 2016 to 17, excluding 2020 to 21 due to the pandemic. Office for National Statistics, ONS, 
figures show Hertfordshire Constabulary recorded seven people dying because of a homicide incident in the year to March, down from eight the year before. It meant that there were 5.3 victims per million residents over the last three years, amongst the lowest rates across England and Wales. Nationally, the number of victims fell by 14% from 684 to 590, with 10.2 homicides logged per million. Homicide figures are a total of murder, manslaughter and infanticide incidents, where one incident can have more than one victim. The figures also show a black person is more than four times more likely to be killed by homicide than a white person with almost 40 victims per million people compared to around nine victims per million white people. A Home Office spokesman said everybody has the right to be safe in their neighbourhoods and communities and we are pleased to see overall homicides down year on year by 14%. We are not complacent. Differences in rates between the ethnic groups are likely to reflect a range of factors, including differing age profiles, geographical distributions and socio-economic differences. Our programme of activity and interventions, such as violence reduction units, are targeted in hotspot areas based on the prevalence of crime and are designed to help address homicides and drug misuse, among other crimes. Now, our obituaries and family announcements. Harvey Russell Hunt, known as John, passed away on the 29th of January, aged 94. Further details from Jay Worley. Thomas Masters. Sadly, we announce the death of Thomas Lewis Masters on the 10th of February, aged 77. Inquiries to Malcolm Jones and Metcalf, 864-548. May they both rest in peace. And now to the What's On section. Comedy. Screaming Blue Murder Comedy Club, Old Town Hall, Hemet Hempstead, February the 26th. The popular stand-up night returns with performances from Joey Page and Susan Murray. Compare for the night is Windsor. Visit oldtownhall.co.uk to book. And dance. Giovanni Pernice, Let Me Entertain You. The Alban Arena, St Albans, February the 25th. The Strictly Come Dancing favourite and BAFTA winner is back with his new live tour. Giovanni will be joined by a world-class cast of professional dancers and West End performers to pre present a show of non-stop action. Showcasing his skills as a dancer, performer and showman, Strictly professional Lauren Oakley will return as his leading lady to continue their partnership. It's going to be an incredible show, bigger and better, and I promise to bring my best performance yet, said Giovanni. Visit GiovanniPernice.com to book. VIP meet and greet tickets are also available. 
and in theatre, Austin's Women, Lady Susan, showing at Old Town Hall, Hemel Hempstead, February 22nd to the 25th. Austin's Women are back in a new solo show, The Darkly Comic Tale of Society and the Women Trapped Within It is presented by the venue's award-winning in-house company Dyad. Call 228-091 to book. Shrek the Musical, showing at Milton Keynes Theatre, February 27 through to March the 3rd. Join the adventure as Shrek and Donkey endeavour to complete their quest, finding unexpected friendships and surprising romance along the way. Based on the Oscar-winning film, the Broadway and West End smash hit, Shrek the Musical stars stage favourite Anthony Lawrence, Strictly Come Dancing's Joanne Clifton, Olivier Award-nominated James Gillian, and theatre mainstay Brandon Lee Sears. The show is set to a toe-tapping soundtrack featuring songs, including I'm a Believer, Big Bright Beautiful World, and I Know It's Today. Visit atgtickets.com forward slash Milton Keynes to book. Films at the cinema this week. All popular films are provided to cinemas with an audio description track. Please mention your requirements at the time of booking. Bob Marley, One Love, celebrates the life and music of an icon who inspired generations through his message of love and unity. On the big screen for the first time, discover Bob's powerful story of overcoming adversity and the journey behind his revolutionary music. Produced in partnership with the Marley family and starring Kingsley Benadire as the legendary musician and Lashana Lynch as his wife Rita. Madame Webb. In a switch from the typical genre, Madame Webb tells the standalone origin story of one of Marvel's publishing's most enigmatic heroines. The suspense-driven thriller stars Dakota Johnson as Cassandra Webb, a paramedic in Manhattan who may have clairvoyant abilities. Forced to confront revelations about her past, she forges a relationship with three young women destined for powerful futures, if they can all survive a deadly present. The Taste of Things Peerless cook Eugénie, Juliette Binoche, has worked for the famous gourmet Dodin, Benoit Magimel, for the last 20 years. Bonding over a passion for gastronomy and mutual admiration, their relationship develops into romance and gives rise to delicious dishes that impress even the world's most illustrious chefs. But Eugenie is fond of her freedom and has never wanted to marry Dodin. So he decides to do something he's never done before. Cook for her. A delectable feast for the senses, the taste of things is a stunningly beautiful romance that simmers with emotion. The new film from the acclaimed director Tran An Hong, it will be an unmissable cinematic treat. Mead Open Farm welcomes dozens of new lambs with their annual Lambing is Back family-friendly event. From the 17th to the 25th of February, 
Mead Open Farm's annual lambing event returns, offering visitors a heartwarming experience as they welcome a flock of new baby lambs into the world. Dubbed the cutest event of the year, Mead Open Farm's Lambing is Back event takes place over nine days, perfectly timed for the half-term break in their undercover lamb nursery. Visitors can expect to witness the magic of new life as adorable lambs take their first wobbly steps, while some lucky guests may also witness a lamb being born in front of their very eyes. Matt Heast, owner of Mead Open Farm, said, Welcoming new baby animals to the farm each season is always an exciting time for us and our visitors. Every year, our Lambing is Back event is a family favourite during half-term, and 2024 is no exception, with 40 ewes expecting over 100 lambs, with some even expecting triplets. It's a great way for people of all ages to experience the wonder of new life in a very hands-on way. Children visiting Bedfordshire's leading farm can also expect plenty of fun with giant indoor and outdoor adventure playgrounds. Animal encounters, including Mead Open Farm's latest activity, Tea Time with the Pigs, and a number of leisure facilities including jumping pillows, go-karts, crazy golf and a digger village. Plus, for the February half-term, their giant rock climbing wall and sky trail will be open, where visitors of all ages complete an aerial-based obstacle course. Pre-booking tickets to Lambing is Back at Mead Open Farm from Saturday 17th to Sunday 25th of February will save visitors 20%. Tickets include all activities, animal encounters and adventure play. For more information about Mead Open Farm and their Lambing is Back event, visit www.meadopenfarm.co.uk. Mead Open Farm is located in Leighton Buzzard, Bedfordshire, situated just off 11A on the M1. Public Announcement Warning of a Siren Test BP Hemel Hempstead Terminal situated at Bunsfield Oil Depot, will be testing its public warning siren at 2.30pm on Wednesday, 6th of March 2024. The siren will produce a two-tone alarm and then a single-tone alarm. The test will last for approximately two minutes. For further information, please contact BP Oil UK Limited Hemel Hempstead Terminal, Green Lane, Hemel Hempstead HP 27JA or phone Hemel Hempstead 257391. Local Leisure Centre rated excellent following Quest Audit. Colleagues at Hemel Hempstead Leisure Centre are celebrating after the site achieved an excellent score in a rigorous two-day Quest Plus assessment. A continuous improvement tool for leisure facilities and sports development teams, Quest is managed by Right Directions in partnership with Leisure Net Solutions on behalf of Sports England Core Modules included, 
operational management, customer journey, environmental management, compliance declaration, tackling inequalities and managing the team. Hemel Hempstead Leisure Centre run by leading operator Everyone Active in partnership with Decorum Borough Council scored highly in many areas within the mystery visit and formal assessment elements which stand out areas for the popular centre including team management, lifeguarding, sales and retention and the site plans for future improvements. The centre's recent adaptions to take steps towards being safer and more sustainable were also commended, such as the use of inbuilt motion sensor sensors in light units and the use of combined heat and power units, CHP, to generate electricity on site. In addition to the installation, extra external lighting on walkways to help customers feel safe whilst exercising in the winter months. Steve Cox, everyone's active area contract manager, said, we are delighted with the outcome of the Quest assessment and believe it is a testament to the hard work of centre colleagues to be recognised for not only operational excellence, but the positive impact our centre has makes us really proud. We are committed to providing quality facilities for all ages, abilities and interests and hope the local community can feel confident knowing their leisure centre has this added stamp of credibility. Mum and Son pen a book inspired by family adventures. A mum and son duo from Hemel Hempstead has written a children's story inspired by their family adventures out and about in their hometown. Carly New and her nine-year-old son Caledon joined creative forces to create Pickle Pop and the Racing Song after a parents' evening discussion over ways to improve concentration. Carly, a full-time mum, suggested they write a story and the idea immediately sparked the imagination of her young son. She said, he loved the idea so much he was so excited and got a pen and paper straight away asking if we can do it now. The characters in the story, the first in a series which the duo aimed to publish, are cars, inspired by Caledon's four-year-old brother's love for miniature motors. Carly, who was taking a career break from her sales manager role, explained, Tristan, Caledon's brother, takes his toy cars everywhere to the beach, the park, the woods, and even to bed with him. He's car mad. We'll go to the park to play cars with him. We'll talk to the cars as though they're part of our family. The mother and son pair have begun the second instalment of the series, based on their adventures in the local woods, while they look to find a publisher for their debut story. The mum of two added, we're on a mission to share our creativity We've poured our hearts into crafting our debut children's book. It would mean so much to us to have it published. It's about the pair of us, but mainly Caledon. If he could have a book or even a series published at such a young age, it would be good for his CV and for his confidence and creativity. It's been a wonderful experience to do this with him so far. Making use of local talent, the mum of two hired artist Emma Leather from Hertfordshire's Oaklands College 
to illustrate the book. She added, Emma's vibrant illustrations bring our characters to life on the page. Emma's talent has added an extra layer of magic to our book. We have come to the end of this week's news. Sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are sunrise at 7.15 and sunset at 18.31, giving 10 hours and 49 minutes of daylight. We currently have a waxing gibbous moon. If you would like to give us any feedback or you have any news story or know of an event taking place soon that you think would be suitable for our listeners, please get in touch by email to dtneditors at dtnhemmel.org.uk or leave a message on our telephone at 01442 For those with access to the internet, our news is uploaded to our website soon after the recording each week on Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting dtnhemmel.org.uk. Until next time, it's goodbye from all of tonight's team. Good night.